first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. Good evening, YouTube. It's Nathan back with another video presentation. Happy Wednesday. Hope everyone's off to a great week. Hope everybody's doing well, staying safe. Uh, before we get into the video, there's a few things I need to say up front. Episode two will be published on Spotify. I'm going to have it up after I finish this. This is episode three of Big Nate Talk Podcast. I hope to have both episodes up, if not tonight, tomorrow, at the least, at the soonest. Um, I do appreciate the support that I have been getting on this um, this, on this road to greatness, man. Uh, <laughs> it's... I never thought it would get, you know, it would get this far. I so I, I got I just thank y'all for the support. And you know, if you're liking what you're seeing, you know, be sure to leave your thoughts in the comments. You know, if you want to be a guest on here, please, you know, leave feel free to leave your com leave leave a comment saying, hey, can I be a special guest on the next episode? But um I'm gonna start it off real quick by um <laughs> you know, one year ago, uh we lost uh, a, a good kid, good person, good heart, Mo Gabba, uh, super fan of the Orioles and Ravens. And his story is so touching because he's been spent 75% of his life and out of hospitals. And You hate to see that with any kid, really anybody, having to go through that. But just to see the the smiles on his face, the you know, when he got when he was when he called Ben Powers' name using a braille card, which is actually in at in in the National Hall of Fame, NFL Football Hall of Fame with Canton, um, you know. Giving Trey, Trey Mancini words of encouragement, you know, through his his diagnosis of, of cancer and uh, just just being a, a a positive light in a world that's just dark and cold and cold hearted and just you know Mo Mo still lives on, you know he. We all have a little bit of Mo Gabba in us, and you know it, it was really it was really sad to hear that you know despite the the treatments he was getting, all that the cancer just came back, and uh, and unfortunately, you know, you know, sad, you know, the, the hours before he passed away, you know, that he got inducted into the Orioles Hall of Fame, and. Um, I think he also too got. I believe he also got the Will the Wild Bill Hagee Award as well. And um, it's been one year. Uh, again, it was great to see his mom out there. 
uh, with the throwing the first pitch. I know it was emotional for her, you know, just no, no one should experience the loss of a, of anyone. And, you know, fuck cancer. Cancer sucks. And it just, you know, I, I know Mo is looking down on his mom. And, you know, again, we all have a little bit of Mo Gavin. And so, you know, rest in peace. You know, um, your legacy will continue to live on, buddy. And just, just a quick side note, I actually created a player um, on a MLB, the show that I have. He's a member of the Orioles. And... Uh, Hey Daryl, what's going on, sir? What's going on? Welcome, appreciate you. Yes, Alan Humphrey, cancer does suck. So, um, just wanted to just give a, a quick little uh, tribute. You know, it's been it's been one year since we lost a good a good a good a good kid, but more importantly, a great sports fan. So, rest in peace, Mo. Um, I'm going to transition real quick into Simone Biles. I know we talked about this. So she's completely, from what I'm understanding, uh, she's withdrawn from the uh, from the Olympics completely. I'm understanding that. Uh, kind of, it's kind of interesting to see where this is. Where this is this is this is where this is taken. Um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just. It's again. It could be all mental. Uh, I don't think it's a medical issue. Um, but it's disappointing to see her not there. Uh, and I and I know the girls don't do well without her. But um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's something there that I, I I don't that I'm missing with it, but you know I, I just I don't know. To me, I just don't like the the the, the timing of it, and it seems like like again if you watched episode two, like if you look if you understand basketball. Cancer does suck. Absolutely. Smart move on her past, on her, in my opinion. She has plenty of years to shine. Oh, for sure. And again, like also, too, I kind of blame the sports world and the, and the media world, too. We've put the, this pressure on her um, where, you know, again, like, so, you know, like, I just feel like we've just put, we've just put, we put a lot on her, and that's not really cool. But I hope she's, I mean, I hope she's well, and, and I really do would like to see her out there competing uh again my only thing is i just not a fan of the timing of the comments because uh, to some that may look like quitting but to me like you know when you're performing in front of the world it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy at all so um my best for her uh, definitely thoughts and prayers and again like i said i hope to see her out there but no, she said she's not doing any individual events. So we're going to transition real quick into baseball. I wanted to talk about this uh, 
topic for a minute. I meant to talk about it. I didn't get an opportunity to do an episode one because we went over a, a lengthy period of time in episode two. I completely forgot to touch about it. But I was reading an article on ESPN by June Lee. And there's some players with Anaheim Angels that are not really appreciating the treatment that they're getting at the minor league level. Kieran Lovegrove, who's a pitcher for the Rocket City Trash Pandas, said he's living with six other teammates in a three-bedroom apartment, sleeping on a twin mattress, with one person sleeping in the kitchen and two others living in the living room. Others like Shane Kelso, who spent part of their 2021 season with the low Michael, the low triple with the low single eight inland empire 66ers, another minor league member, another minor league affiliate of the team before retiring due to living conditions for players said four teammates bunked in a camper van in a trailer park while others lived out of their cars. Quote, this is love Grove. It's gotten to a point where there are guys who are in serious, who are in a serious mental health crisis because how stressful money is here. Love Grove to ESPN. I really do think it affects not only the, their play on the field, but I think it affects the quality of life overall. We're reaching a point now where this is actually becoming detrimental to the player's overall health and the owner not addressing it. The organization's actually saying they don't care about the health of their players. Now, he also, too, going into this article, he says that he's losing $1,000 a month for his savings and would have been broke by the end of the season had he decided not to retire. Renting for his house costs $2,000, but the team pays him $1,600 a month. So he's $800 short. It's crazy. This is Kelso. People don't understand the mental strain that comes along with that. That you don't know how much money you're going to have at the end of each month and not know how much you're going to make ends meet, Kelso said. I was a late rounder and I didn't sign for a lot of money. The vast majority of players were in my position. That also goes to continue this article that Love Grove has worked as a Lyft driver, Uber driver, as well as a warehouse worker for UPS and Best Buy this offseason of WOW to supplement his minor league income and maintain his career pursuit in baseball. He's still on the minor league roster of the Trash Pandas. is considering ending his baseball career after 21 because of after this season because of financial and mental health strains of life in baseball. Wow. He's also here's another uh, the article also continues one of the major issues facing my Facing minor leaguers, according to both Love Grove and Kelso, is also the lack of access to quality food. Kelso said that the team expected him to consume between 3,500 3, and 4,500 calories a day, but only fed players between 800 and 1,200 calories a day. That is crazy, ladies and gentlemen. That's crazy. We, 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 we don't we don't we don't we don't appreciate it. we don't know that, that those are very inappropriate comments uh, Richard I don't know who that was but no that's that's not cool uh so you can hold that block um this is crazy um you would think a minor league ball player would be satisfied would be taken care of in a way where you know, they have an apartment already set up for them. Uh, you know, they have a, the, the nutritionist, dietitian, and they hear these kind of things. I'm also kind of really be- kind of want to know what is this like across the board with other minor league teams? Uh, 
we all know that the minor leagues this year, you know, teams, there were some teams, each team had to lose a minor league team. So that was, unfortunately, that was hard. Um, but to hear these kind of things, um, you know, but he has to eat, but still he's only eating 800 to $1,200 calories. Fast food options, I mean, they had to defer to eating fast food like McDonald's or Taco Bell. Like, that is insane. Like, you, like, I, I saw a video of the Anaheim Angels. It was Mike Trout, Otani, uh, Kyle, um, Calhoun, the Cole Calhoun. They were in the kitchen and they had a lot to eat. They had some good food. And I'm thinking, like, these guys get it. But, Oh, I ooh. like. I really do hope that this is addressed. But again, like I think again, this uh, this really starts at the top. This starts with Major League Baseball as a whole. Uh, this this is this is the alarming people. Uh, I would never I would never be in a in a situation. And I'll leave this article in the description for y'all to see. I would never think that there is. that kind of situation where I have to, if I, as a baseball player, if I'm making two, if I'm supposed to make 2000 and you're only paying me a thousand, I got to supplement my income by not only play, playing baseball, but I got to go out here and work at work as a Lyft driver or Uber or work at a UPS Amazon Best Buy. That's insane. Like here in Shreveport, we used to have a minor league team that was on the farm club for the San Francisco Giants. Yes, that's right. Yes, I remember that. And unfortunately, I believe that they're they don't exist anymore, which sucks. Um, which by the way, we need to get a we need to have a nice to have a baseball team in Louisiana, in my opinion. Be nice to have that. But I'm gonna definitely continue to follow up with this. June Lee did a really good job of this article, y'all. And I really do hope that this this really is a conversation that needs to be had. Because you don't want to see any athlete, doesn't matter with football, baseball, basketball, you don't want to see that with anybody at all. You don't. So let's stick with baseball for a little bit. I'm gonna transition to the Baltimore Orioles. They had a great comeback tonight against those Miami Marlins. I was on the edge of my seat for this one. Um, final score is eight to seven. <laughs> Again, like I said, uh, Mo Gabba, was, you know, it was a tribute for him. They all had the jersey stitch with Mo on it. His mom threw out the first pitch. And I think since the all star break, we've played a lot better. I feel like this is definitely, definitely a good energizer bunny for us. Um, uh, <laughs> Ryan McKenna drew the game winning uh, walk off walk. Uh, but the Marlins, like at what point, definitely had our number. Uh, I think Jesus Aguilar had a home run. And then Jorge, Luke, Jorge Lopez had played two innings that put us in a five, that was five nothing. And then Severin hit the three run home run, Dan Mancini. And then Ramon Urias had the, the game tying double. Just 
it's really bad for the WNBA players because they have to play off offseason. Yes, Daryl, exactly. And I've talked about this on, in, in a couple of videos. Like, you know, when that's not getting, unfortunately, that's not getting the media attention that it deserves. Because, you know, a couple of years ago, we experienced that with Breonna Stewart where she tore her Achilles because she was overseas. I believe she was playing for Russia or Switzerland. I can't remember what the team it was. And they didn't get talked about. But here was LeBron James, right? In the midst of the NBA, this past playoffs, that we, which was great to watch, talking about, well, nobody listened to me. I'm just looking out for the well-being of, you know, my, my colleagues. But here it is, your sister league, they got to play 36 game, 37 games and then got to be overseas for damn near half the year. And that ain't right. And and then the, the new CBA of the WNBA, there's a I got there's a lot to me where I I still have questions about where you know like there needs to be more games, you know there needs to be again expansion cannot happen when we don't have people investing in these leagues, ladies and gentlemen. Like I think people have that backwards. You can't talk about let's expand a team in, for example, like New Orleans, New Louisiana. Dallas, Miami. Can't talk about that if people aren't investing in it. And unfortunately, again, the media controls the narrative. You know, the, the, what it paints of the WNBA. It's, it's, the pace is slow. It's not enter, entertaining to watch and all this other stuff. But, and the pay is terrible. Like the average pay for a WNBA star is, no, is $121,000. Like that's, Doctors don't even make that. <laughs> that's like that. That's that's insane to me. But the Barnum Orioles did their thing. Um, Keegan Allen and Santander is supposed to come off the COVID nineteen injured list, but we haven't activated them yet. Um, They probably will be back, I would say, against the Tigers or Yankees series. So, oh, it was a great game. They did it for Mo, and they've been on a. They've been playing. The Orioles been playing really, really good since you know second since the all since the All Star break. Energizing bunny for sure. So, real quick, uh, the NBA draft I believe is tomorrow. So you're going to get a video probably tomorrow, most likely tomorrow night. And I'm just going to give my my overall thoughts of the draft. Uh, I believe Kate Cunningham will be the number one overall pick. Uh, then I think it's Suggs, and then I think it's Mosley, and then it's going to be Green. Uh, those are my top four picks. Um, I for some reason I see Detroit trading that pick, but that's just me. Aaron Judge is, is back, kind of. I'm going to talk about that. I got some baseball news also, and that a little bit, uh, a little bit um, as the show progresses. So definitely uh, keep it, uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, be on the lookout for that NBA reaction, the NBA draft reaction. So yeah, let me know who y'all think is going to be the number one overall pick. I think it's it. Like I said, I think it's Kate Cunningham. But let me get into the some more stuff around the NBA. Around the NBA. Um, the Pistons, I know, are still thinking about trading that number one overall pick. Uh, they feel like uh, they feel like they can definitely get something for it. 
I know Ben Simmons has been the talk of town. I know the Wizards, the Heat. I can't think of the third team that I have drawn interest in him. It's going to take a lot to get a guy like Ben Simmons. I just don't feel like Ben Simmons is the right guy for the Wizards, personally. I think he needs to be on a team like – I think Philadelphia – honestly, Philadelphia should keep him because it's all fixable. You can fix a guy. But, you know, unfortunately, I just think because of this series and how they've played and the way how the way they lost this year and last year, uh, unfortunately, you know, that you can't get – you, you can't – give any passes so i i just i just feel like it, it's not going to work uh yeah so it's look they're looking for according to agent warjanowski they're asking for a lot almost a hardened s type package of all-star player draft picks and pick swaps yeah that ain't happening for a guy that i know that can't shoot the ball that's not happening um Mike D'Antoni is going to leave the Brooklyn Nets for a little bit. Seems like he's still interested in becoming a head coach. Um, kind of interesting. I feel like he did. I think he does better well as, as an assistant. I like Mike D'Antoni, but Mike D'Antoni's teams, they're, they're very, they don't, they don't play defense. They're more offensively. And I don't really see. I'm trying to think of a team that would fit his that that he that he could possibly fit. But I mean, I feel like everyone has their coach, so maybe he just looks at it like I'm going to hold out for a job. Um, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, it was announced by Tommy Shepard that he does not want to request. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't. He did not request a trade before the draft. Um, to me. Is, is BS. Um, I think the man wants out. <laughs> I, I honestly do. I, I can't. I can't stress it enough. Bradley Beal, like he, I, I can't blame him for that. Like he's a guy that's wasted. That's going to waste his prime. And and unfortunately, again, I just think the way the team, the way the, the direction I see the team going, it's just rebuild. Like, unfortunately, the, this team we built with Wall Beal and Otto Porter, Oubre, didn't work. Now you have uh, Denny, Rory, uh, Daniel Gifford, Chandler Hutchinson, if they decide they want to keep him. Uh, like I said, you could get a lot, to me, a lot of draft capital for Westbrook and Beal. But, uh, if I mean, the reality, it's a reality. This team is not – unless they get a star here, which to me is going to be a lot to ask for, this team is a first-round exit easily, plain and simple. They don't have – they lack perimeter – they lack a, 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 they lack length in, inside. You know, Alex Lynn, 7-1. Uh, they need a shooter and a Wayne defender, another one. And that – I just don't really see how you can fix that and still compete. I think it's just best you just tear it all down and start all over again. So I'll continue to follow that, and I'll definitely keep you guys updated with more NBA news. I hate that Amari's Amari Nun, Amari Nash Suns didn't get the same success that this year's team did. Sorry for being off topic. Oh, no, you're fine. No, I totally get what you mean. Unfortunately, like that Suns team, like – 
oh man, like Mike D'Antoni just ran them to them boys to the ground. Like it's not even funny. Um, like, uh, that was a really good team. Let's see who was on that Suns team besides the. Okay, and I, and I did, I did, and I didn't realize this too. That I didn't realize that Steve Kerr was a general manager of that team as well. I'm trying to think of some other guy: Barbosa, Earl Clark, Jaron Collins, Dragic, Dudley, Frank. Like, man, they had some really great ball players. But I'm telling you too, the Lakers and the Spurs. They ran into a lot of. They ran into those teams. Those teams were Ariza, yes. Like they ran into those those boys. Those teams were no joke. Were no joke. That year was the 0-9-0-10 where they lost to uh, LA in the conference finals. When they lost, it was four two. I feel like that was their that was their last. I feel like that was their last hope. That was their last chance because Grant Hill was on that team, if I remember correctly. Yes, he was. But look, Jason Richardson. I want to say Gortat was on that team as well. It's crazy. I believe also, too, that year they scored 110 points per game. I think they shot like 40%. Like that team was – that team, that, they had it all that year. And Alvin Gentry coached that team. Yeah, he did. But, man. That's a that that's Daryl. That's a good one. That's a what if team. That oh, that that team. Oh oh nine oh ten. What if that team got to the finals? That'd have been a good one. That's a definitely what if. Um. So Team USA basketball. I want to congratulate the women's three v three v three team. They captured their first gold today. A really great win uh, against. Russia, <clears throat> excuse me, no, excuse me, France, excuse me, final score, no, no, I'm sorry, Russia, excuse me, the final score was 18-15, to 15. Um, like, this was a really good team, Steffi Dolson, Kelsey Plum, Alicia Gray, Jackie Young, uh, they were just red hot, uh, you know, they led all six, all statistical six categories, 19 points, uh, 19 points per game, 12 points per rebound, uh, three defensive rebounds, 12 rebound defensive rebounds per game, and then one point shooting percentage was at 62%. Um, Kelsey Plummer, the leading scorer, uh, Dalt Steffi was sixth in scoring, Alicia Gray was fifth, I mean, ninth, excuse me, and then she led all competitors with block shots, one block per game. Uh, the, the, this, these girls definitely. Played well. I like to really see them on the the national level team. You know, with Don Stanley and you know if uh, Coach Gino and, and Kurt Miller and the committee would bet would stop being so damn biased. We really get some 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 fresh faces on there. Um, but yeah, congratulations to those girls. Uh, well deserved. And congratulations also to Carol Lawson. This is our first year coaching it and. 
Unfortunately, I, I didn't realize this until I believe they played France that the coaches are not allowed in the game. <coughs> Excuse me. Which is weird to me. So congratulations to those girls. USA men's blew out <laughs> blew out Iran by 54 points. Like that's not funny, but um yeah, I turned it off honestly by the second by the third quarter. Because uh, it was like 85, 44, something like that. Uh, Damian Lillard led the, led the way with 21 points per game. <clears throat> Absolutely. Congratulations to Kara. Jammer, what's going on, bro? How you doing, sir? Um, the shooting was better. I won't say this completely was better. He was 7-13 from three. I'm looking at the box score. Uh, Kevin Durant only had 10 points. Middleton had 10 points. Zach Levine had 13. Everyone's playing a little bit better. Again, man, like you got it. Like it was all about patience and, and, you know, guys really kind of getting it together. Like to me, like when, when everyone was panicking that we lost to France, you know, that, that comes from, you know, again, sacrificing for others. And like I said, when you look at this team, you know, you got to ask yourself, you know, can a Damian Lillard, uh, uh, Durant, Middleton, Jeremy Grant, Tatum, McGee, Holiday, Bam, Devin Booker, can they sacrifice? How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? So again, you know, at the end of the day, I, give it time. Like, I, I believe, like I said, I believe the United States will come out with a gold medal for sure. But this, you know, we got to call it spade to spade. Like, it's all on these guys. Like, these guys have to sacrifice for the greater good of the team, not for each other. We have to play as a team, not as a team of individuals, because that's going to get us nowhere at, at, like, again, bronze or silver. And like I said, this is a team. This is regardless of not having Steph Curry or LeBron or Kawhi Leonard. This is still to me a a, a gold medal team, and it's and they're coached by one of the best coaches in the league. Who some for some people who just continue to disrespect him and Greg Popovich is totally ridiculous. And that shows me you know nothing about the game of basketball. So congratulations to them. Uh, the women. Let me see who the women play. They just. I know, they, I know they played Nigeria the other night. Let me see who they play next. Japan. That's who they play. Um, yeah, yeah, that's another thing. that They don't – with Japan, that actually might be a win for us because they don't have anybody that's six – the tallest player on their squad is six one. Uh, so that actually might be kind of an embarrassing blowout. The men's power men's team will never will never be a powerhouse again if superstars if the superstar players continue to sign up. Oh, not uh, not sign up. Okay. Well, I mean, like I agree with that, but at the same time, like you don't. I I feel like you really it, like to me. It's all about sacrificing. Like when you look at that 2012, 2008, even a 2016 team, I mean we had stars, but they all sacrificed for each other. Like if you think about it, 
the biggest thing, like I've said it, if you look at that this roster, the biggest thing that they lack, they lack perimeter defense. And until they got JaVel McGee, they didn't really have a true center. Like, could you see the splash motion in behind, behind from behind the arc? Oh, of course. If they were on this team, for sure. Um, and also, too, you got to think about it. Like, they got they are adjusting to FIBA rules. Like the NBA, the NBA, ladies and gentlemen, is soft. Like you know, guys, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Like the, you know, guys looking for fouls. Um, you know, let's just shoot, let's just jack up threes. And, and here it is, and it's not competitive. It's not physical. And we like, it's. It comes a point where we have to start looking at analytics and really understand that analytics really does have a bad impact. It's really having a negative impact on the game. Like, if, if I'm saying a statistic correct, a couple of years ago, James Harden, when he was with the Houston Rockets, he took over 1,000 threes attempts. 1,000. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, like I said, analytics it just it, it just doesn't work, and unfortunately, you're seeing you're seeing the effects of it with Team USA in the Olympics, but kind of other countries as well. But also, give these countries credit; these countries have were watching and developing. And again, NBA is now a global sport. Luka Doncic, Louis Scola, uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, Evan Fournier, like <laughs> well, Dante. Excellent. He was at the Utah Jazz, all playing the NBA, and they're doing quite well. They, 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 the NBA has not, uh, Team USA hasn't lost a step, but the competition is getting better. It's not as easy as people think it is. So, uh, congratulations to the men as they move on. They're now one on one. And I can't wait to see the women play Japan Friday. That's going to be a blowout. Um, yeah, that's definitely going to be a blowout. So I want to transition into football. So I'm going to give just a quick Baltimore Raven update. So Lamar Jackson, unfortunately, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, I don't know how it happened. I don't know what it was, but he will miss 10 days of training camp. He's the second, Raven play, second Ravens player to test positive. The other one was Gus Edwards. Um, I don't think that takes any momentum from training camp. Training camp is looking really well. Uh, I know, again, we've been looking at Chandler Jones as an interest of, you know, because Chandler Jones requested a trade out of Arizona. Uh, we did sign a pass rusher. I can't think of his name on top of my head. Let me look at my, let me look back at the notes real quick. Smith, that's his name, defensive end from the Oakland Raiders. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what's going on. Like I said, Nick, last episode, Nick Boyle is getting surgery on his knee. That pretty much opens the door for Josh Oliver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just thoughts and prayers for Lamar. Hope he gets well. Can't wait to see him out there. But, you know, that's an opportunity for Trace McSorley and uh, 
Tyler Huntley definitely to step it up for sure. Definitely to step it up for sure. Um, around the NFL, so Trey Lance got his deal. Finally, it's about damn time away from the time that contract. Uh, it's worth up to, I believe it's $34.5 million for four years. Let me just make sure I have that right real quick. Yeah, 31, $34.1 million fully guaranteed. Wow. Break the bank on that one. So he definitely got his money. Uh, Randall Cobb is, is, now, is now reunited with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to get into Aaron Rodgers again. Cannot believe that because Aaron Rodgers has some things to say. And if y'all been paying attention to the last few episodes, uh, <laughs> I've, I've had some things to say about Aaron Rodgers uh, because the, I don't know. I, I feel like the, some of the behavior of Aaron, uh, it's been unwarranted, unnecessary. I, I get that he's frustrated. I know he wants best for the team, but like, the way the way the way he's handled it, that's my issue. Like when, when Brett Favre did it, we were all on his ass. Aaron Rodgers, here it is, sympathy cards. So let me go ahead and share. I'm only gonna play like a couple of minutes of it, and y'all let me y'all let me know y'all thoughts, which y'all see. This just into CBS Sports HQ, reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers at training camp after a long offseason standoff with the Packers. The team, including its star quarterback, reported to Lambeau Field yesterday. The Packers held their first practice this morning as Rodgers addressed the media for the first time. Let's take a listen. Aaron, what was this all about for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. I think, you know, there was... Uh, a lot of things have transpired. This wasn't, uh, you know, a draft day uh, thing. You know, this was uh, started with a conversation in February um, as the season ended. And I just expressed, you know, my desire to be uh, more involved in conversations that directly affected my job. Um, also, uh, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated um, and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of uh, players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room, high character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson, mm. Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, mm. James Jones, um, John Kuhn, Brett Good, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, guys who were, you know, exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high character guys, many of them who weren't offered a contract at all, or were extremely lowballed, or were, you know, maybe in my opinion, not uh, given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserve. Um, Ooh. Cobb took me off. <laughs> he took me off doing this dinner with the Cowboys. So 
Uh, that's a lot right there that's, uh, that really sank in, y'all. I mean, when I, look, when I look more back at it, I actually kind of have to give him respect for it. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, like that's why we got to hold the front offices, these GMs and owners, that, that they got to hold them accountable. And unfortunately, they got a guy that's a GM that I think is just really kind of feeling himself and, you know, telling Aaron, go out, you shut up and play football. Uh, that's a guy that, to me, should not be GM of, of my team, plain and simple. And uh, you know, when he brought Charles Woodson, you know, Clay Matthews, all, all those guys, I'm like, wow. Uh, so, so there's something deeper. And you, you know, I'm I'm glad he's actually called out Green Bay's management, and I don't know. I mean, I have to start taking some of my comments I've said about Aaron Rodgers back, but I think the way some of the the recent things that he's done, you know, where he posted Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen a clip from the last the Last Dance, like that's unnecessary. Like, if there's an issue, we're going to hammer it up. There's something that can't be handled. It can't be handled. I want out. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. And, 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 you know, he's a man of his word, and I hope the Packers are a man of their word. So I'll leave this in the description for you all to see. Actually, I'll post it here for y'all to see. That is the article. That's the video for Aaron Rodgers. So, but the Randall Cobb trade. So, let me read that off real quick. So they they get Houston gets a next year six round pick, and the Texans will pay the remain will pay three million dollars of his salary. So, you got Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Adam Lazard. Uh, Valdez Scantling and Aaron Jones. Um, I am disappointed that uh, they didn't retain his All Pro Bowl center, who's now uh, Lindsey, who's with the Chargers. Um, but like I said, I, I really at this point, I really do see the GM for Green Bay. Like. I, <laughs> And some of the moves he's made, like and, and Aaron actually does bring a great point. Uh, that says more about the front office than anything. It really does. Um, let me look at this guy real quick. So he was he was uh, started out as a scout, director of college scouting, director of player personnel, that became the GM. So that's amazing. So that's interesting. He just moved up from position to position. Um, let's see what else happened. The market, I talked about this with Xavier uh, Howard, Xavier, excuse me, Howard, how he requested a trade for the Miami Dolphins, uh, pretty much because he feels like he should get more than uh, Byron Jones. Uh, which is ridiculous because I think they got the same exact contract, and he just got an ex he just signed a contract extension um, 
which is is even more ridiculous. But uh, when he came out, I don't feel valued. I don't feel respected. Uh, Five-year deal, $76.5 million with $46 million guaranteed. He's one of the highest paid corners in the league. That's not enough. So, so something. So, I, I don't know how that's how undervalued, underpaid. You're the highest paid corner in the league. Like that's crazy to me. So, I, I really think it's because, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, y'all, we look at Byron's contract. Byron signed a five-year deal. $82 million making the highest paid corner in the NFL. So that's what it is. So in other words, he feels like he should be the highest paid, not Byron. See, this is the issue. I told I, I like, look, <laughs> this is the issue. Guys putting money before team success. That's what's disgusting. Sean, what's going on, brother? What's going on, sir? I think it's because it was not enough guaranteed money. You don't think $46 million is, is enough guaranteed money? He's getting $76.5 million. At the time before Byron signed that contract with them last year, he was the highest paid in the league. Like, I, 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 I don't like that. And I, I, could, I could probably see, you know what's funny? I wouldn't phase me if he listed four teams, and I haven't looked. Let me look at it right now. He probably could probably, he'd probably want to play for the Cowboys. Is that guaranteed? Oh, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, I just think that from what he's saying, what he feels, he doesn't feel, uh, he's undervalued, he doesn't feel appreciated. What do you mean by that? So that means either something internally has been going on, or do you just feel like you should be, or you feel like you're the man, like you should be, you should be the highest paid player. And Abe, uh, Ab had mentioned it earlier. He mentioned it as well. You had to send me the link for that one. Please uh, send me the link for that. But I don't know. I, I think you're just putting team. You're putting yourself before the team. Um, I mean, that's really all I have. That's what's going on around the NFL. And I said, I will continue to follow up with you all on that. Uh, I definitely do want to get a revisited a topic. And I'm glad actually Sean is here and joined, he joined the comments. Uh, Ron Rivera. I should have played the clip. Uh, pretty much talked about with COVID and uh, how he's beyond frustrated. So, and I want to respond to comments that a Mr. T.J. Ward. <laughs> Uh, decided to so ignorantly put out more.
I'm trying to find a link for you. Okay. Well, if I remember, I'll leave it in the description for y'all to see. But uh, essentially, he it, it was it was in the press conference today where he talked about you know he's beyond frustrated that the Washington football team is the lowest vaccinated team, one of the lowest vaccinated teams across the board in the league. And that that gave Mr. T.J. Ward the okay to basically come out. And I, and I touched on it yesterday. It just... Those comments were not necessary. I mean, like, this is what he says. Okay, this is his, this was his response. I'm gonna gonna address this one more time. I was not trying to be insensitive to anyone affected by cancer. I know you don't get to choose cancer, and I tried to clear that up. If you know me and my career, you know what my support is for cancer people dealing with it. I've been affected. Myself closely, I didn't mean to offend you. God bless. Well, that's not what you, that, that, well, those aren't the comments that should have came out your mouth in the first place. Because <laughs> this, is, this, is what, this, this is what I don't get. Okay, just follow me. Here's a guy Skin cancer, been through a lot these last year, couple years. You know, being sitting on the on the bench, you know, physically, mentally tired. He didn't have to coach last year. You know, he he like he and. and we in the quote where I said where he, that this is what TJ said. Don't blame and be disappointed in your twenty-three year olds because they have their own bias and opinions about their health. May I remind you that he had a quarterback by the name of Dwayne Haskins, who thought it was okay for one to try to sneak friends or family, whatever, to the team hotel, which was against team rules and against the code protocols of the league. The same Dwayne Haskins that decided, who had a horrendous performance against the Carolina Panthers, tuck his tail and, 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 and walk up and leave and walk off on his team, which is a cardinal sin. You don't do that. The same Dwayne Haskins, who thought, obviously, before he married uh, Kaiser Gondra's sister, uh, before he put a ring on Kaiser Gondra's sister's uh, hand, Thank you. I know it was a former skin cancer. I just couldn't think of the name of it. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. He has women, whether he's had a strip club or a hit or his crib. And on, on, on top of that, did you not see the way how COVID affected every NFL team in some kind of way? Like 
regardless of age, you know, I was watching the Washington Football Weekly show earlier today, and there's something that Sean, Sean, if I said this wrong, please forgive me, where youth also make some, you know, can make some very poor choices in their lives. Listen, I, we're not perfect. We all made stupid mistakes growing up. But this is a mistake that you can't, you, 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 you can't, Back, you can't get back. It doesn't matter if he had family, if he has family or not that has cancer. Those comments were insensitive. It was ignorant. And my issue with, with TJ was that he tried to come back and with, 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 with this half-ass apology Talking about, I'm not trying to be insensitive. But you basically told them, look, if you don't like the fact that they're making their own type of choices, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just stop being a coach? Instead, why don't you be the bigger person and saying, hey, listen, you know what? This guy is immune deficient and we could put him in a, at a risk where God forbid he could end up in the hospital on a ventilator. And guess what that, and, and, and think about that kind of effect it would have on the team, morale-wise. Think about the fact that if TJ, TJ, if you were still on the NFL roster, you couldn't play, you lose a game check, you get the forfeit a game, where it could cost you a playoff spot, you wouldn't make those comments. You wouldn't. But like I said, at the end of the day, we, like, like, like TJ's comments was diarrhea at the mouth. And and again, like we we now we now know the true colors. But again, I've said it. Sean Spencer said it, said it on his show. If, God, if, everyone, if people, if everyone's so concerned about the vaccine, do your research. Get educated. Stop listening to people that lead you astray. Get the information and, and study it. But unfortunately, like the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make that horse drink it. You got to think for yourselves, people. Diarrhea at the mouth. <laughs> Diarrhea at the mouth. So I just wanted to just talk about that. Uh, I have nothing against. I just think that you know we we, we got to be got to think about what we're saying, man. And those those comments, especially a, a guy what he's been through, that's that's unnecessary. And and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I'm going to close it out. Uh, I'm going to talk about. Alana, a.k.a. Lele Coates, wrote a very thoughtful letter. Um, I've, I've, followed, I've followed her from her time South Carolina to being drafted number two overall by the Chicago Sky. Uh, then, unfortunately, you know, they, the way they, uh, they traded her, I didn't like it. She played for Minnesota. Then she 
the Atlanta Dream, which was not a really good fit for her. Then signed with us last year with the Mystics. And I thought she actually played pretty well to me in the bubble. I think she should have gotten more opportunities. Um, I feel like she should still be on this team because, uh, you know, the way I just look at this team, I just neither here nor there. And at the end of the day, money talks. Exactly, Sean. Exactly. Um, let me go ahead and share my screen. I'm actually kind of kind of preparing myself because this was this was a very very thoughtful letter. I am no longer holding. I am no longer allowing what hurt me to hold me back. To those who are experiencing a setback. So, I mean, her father was a Sagittarius, by the way, um, died of cardiac arrest. But died of a heart attack, excuse me, while he was driving. And uh, you, I, I noticed it, it had an effect on her. And... I think this letter is good to really look at. So to those who are experiencing a setback, no matter how discouraged you feel right now, don't quit. At some point, all of us will have our minds go against us. But these last few months have taught me that there's always one person who can beat your inner demons. See, I, when I was eight years old, I saw my brother playing basketball, and I decided to try it. My parents signed me up for rec league. Right away, everyone was like, oh, she got some skills. So I started playing in a more competitive AAU league, which is a whole other story for another day. That's where I fell in love with basketball. I enjoyed the camaraderie and competitiveness, as well as being in the paint and wrestling girls for loose balls. The game was fun really fun. And by the fifth grade, I knew one day I wanted to play professionally. My dad became my 24-7 coach. If I wanted to shoot hoops or if I had a question about basketball, he was always available. He was also my biggest cheerleader. However, we developed our own system. That's a cute little picture. (laughs) He was a big man with a loud, booming voice. As a former bodybuilder, and a member of the National Guard. And fun fact, her uncle, Ben Coates, former giant of Baltimore Raven, I just wanted to point that out. Many people were scared of him. Early on, he would yell simple things from the stand, such as, go rebound. But it sounded so aggressive. I told him, they need to calm down. So as I got older, he started giving me hand gestures. He would do a cranking up motion as something to to get my tempo up or relaxing motion if I needed to take a breather and chill. We had our own little language. It worked for us. By eighth grade, I was already getting looks from colleges around the country. Damn. 
in high school, I wasn't happy when coaches direct could directly reach out to me. I was trying to watch Netflix on the couch and the phone kept ringing off the hook. I don't even know how many offers I received, but ultimately it was a lot. I wasn't know if Maryland, was, if Maryland gave her a call. <laughs> Sorry. Ultimately, I decided to go with the University of South Carolina. While college was a bit of an adjustment, I came in with the mindset that I would need to earn my minutes and my spot. And I did just that. Freshman of the year, four-time All-SEC player, and four-time All-American. One hell of a quality. I'm telling you, greatness. Greatness. My dad missed my freshman year because he was deployed, but he was there for me the other three years, and he loved coming to my games. We played Mississippi State my senior year. I believe Tierra McCowan and Victoria Bivens were on that team. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They were the team that we needed to beat to get the championship. And Asia Wilson should have played with her. I think Asia was a junior. Maybe a sophomore. The game was tight. The game was tight the whole time. Within the last couple minutes of the court, the last quarter, I had the ball at the top of the key, and no one was expecting me to drive to the basket. I ripped the ball, though, and went to the basket and scored the layup. They panned the camera to my dad. He was super excited, high-fiving everyone. I remember that, including my pastor, who was also at the game. I loved looking up and seeing him and my whole family cheering for me and going nuts when I did well. They motivated me to put on a show for them, and they always told me how proud they were of me. Up until my senior year, bet my basketball career went smoothly. Then in February 2017, we were playing Missouri, and this is where she messed up her, her ankle, and she couldn't play, which was sad. I went up for a block and ended up stepping on my opponent's foot. I twisted my ankle anywhere and landed hard on my inner ankle. It was painful and swollen. After I got checked out, I was able to come back in for senior night against Kentucky. I felt fine. Then I got hit by what I call the invisible sniper. Literally, I was running up the court, running on the court, and I just fell over. I tried playing one more time, but I, I made a wrong move, and I felt like I ripped. I felt like my tendons ripped apart inside of my ankle. So that was it. It was every senior's worst nightmare. I had surgery and began rehabilitation. My team made it to the national championship game, and I was so happy they won. But I couldn't even attend the game because I had to keep my legs still. It sucked, but thankfully my basketball career was not over. In April of 2017, my family came to New York City for the WNBA draft. I knew I was going to get drafted. I was going to go number three overall. Why did I say number two overall? Number three overall to Dallas. But I was shocked when Chicago chose me number two overall. I got to really say, hold on. Okay, now I'm curious. I have to look. Which I think who the number one overall pick of that draft was. I want to say it was Kelsey Plum. Yes, Kelsey Plum's number one overall pick. I had so much raw emotion, and I'm thankful that my father was there for that moment because my dad never got to see me play again. By the 2017 season, I was healthy enough to get on the court, but I wasn't yet in shape to go up and down on the floor. So I missed the season. I signed with the team in hunger to get some professional experience. 
and hungrier on the day of the last game of our series, I was at shoot around when the owner of the team approached me. He told me that I needed to call my agent. Then my agent told me to call my mom. So I went to the owner's office and FaceTimed my mom. I could see my family around her. They were teary-eyed. Mom said, quote, daddy died. That's how I found out my father passed away. He went into cardiac arrest while driving his car. The following day, I got the first flight home. There was a lot of anger, confusion, and hurt. When I finally played in the WNBA, it wasn't easy. Father's Day and my dad's birthday fell on the same. No. He's an Aries. Aries? Father's Day and my dad's birthday fell within the same season. I tried to play through all my emotions and use basketball as a distraction, but it didn't work. I wore my dad's number and wanted to do him some justice throughout my time in the WNBA. I played with four teams. It said she played for the Storm, not the Storm, the Dream, Mystics, Lynx, Chicago, Sky. Which each With each team, I was consistently thinking, what should I do? What spot am I in? Who's open? Should I pass? I wouldn't allow myself to just play like that. I had done my entire life. That's why this summer I am home instead of with the WNBA team. But don't worry, I'll be back. See, after this past season, season overseas in Israel, I looked at my numbers and watched film. I knew I could be better. I knew something was holding me back. My mother and I talked after the season. She said to me that I wasn't separating my emotions from work. She told me that I wasn't having fun anymore. She was right. My emotions have no business dictating what I do on the court. So I decided to reach out for help. I began talking to a therapist about my life and grief. Already I feel so much better. I don't want to say I never thought I would get to this space of understanding, but I certainly didn't expect to get here so soon. Now I feel like I can get back to hooping without being in my head or nervous. I could just go out there and play the game that I love. I am so proud to say that my strength's back and so is my spirit. And I'm confident that it will translate on the court when I go to Turkey to play overseas. So if you're feeling down or you're not doing so well, take the time to figure out what's wrong. Is it mental? Is it physical? Figure it out and work on it. What I've learned through my own journey is that the same person who created your inner demon is the same one who can beat it. And that's you. Your comeback awaits you, and so does mine. Hey, Lucinda. What's going on? Chatting with Common Sense, what's going on? Um, that's a very thoughtful article. I mean, letter. Um, the only person that can beat your inner demon is yourself. And <clears throat> when you realize that, and when you take time for yourself, and when you seek the help that you need, 
things change. You feel so much better. You know, when I, when I read this, that the first thing all I could do was, would go, wow. That, that kind of sounds like me. You know, like where she says here in the letter, my mother and I talked after the season. She told me that I wasn't separating my emotions from work. She told me that I wasn't having fun anymore. She was right. My emotions have no business dictating what I do on the court. When she says I wasn't separating my emotions from work, I can relate to that. You know, I'm, I'm, I, this last year with COVID, I experienced some personal things. You know, unfortunately, when you're screened for not screened for mild depression, you know that attributed to something family related that I want to keep personal. COVID, uh, this pandemic, um, just seeing the, the the true colors of what family is. Um, just seeing these last couple years where, you know, I had a couple buddies reach out and say, you're not the same Nathan Snell. You were when, you know, what happened? You know, you're not, we, 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 we know that Nathan somewhere. Not separating and bringing, bringing problems from work, drama, all that, you checked it at the door. And there were, I ain't gonna lie, there were kind of times that I, I wasn't checking at the door. I wasn't checking myself. I wasn't doing the things that I need to be doing. I'm not, and that's why I, you know, again, I started going to church. I started, I, you know, I started going to church, it was three years. Last month in June, I got baptized for a second time. And now that I'm, I'm currently seeking counseling to get myself back together, get myself to be the Nathan where I know Nathan can be happy because there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential here for me. It's untapped. But when she says, I know I could be better. I know something was holding me back. Let me say that again. I knew I could be better. I knew something was holding me back. I know what that is for me. And for me to not hold myself back, I have to be a better person. And I just want to thank Lele for writing that letter. I really do. It just really means a lot. You know, for what she went through losing her father while driving cardiac arrest and just her playing through it. That's, that's courage that takes strength. And it's just, it sucks. And it's a part of life. We're all human. We all go through things, but the most important thing is when you address it, 
And when you figure out what you have to do to get yourself to be a better person for today, tomorrow, and going forward, that's the key. Because if you just sit around and you mope around and you're not doing anything to make yourself better, how can you make yourself better if you're not willing to yourself change? So, and again, she said, what I've learned through my journey is that the same person who created your inner demon is the same one who can beat it. You yourself have to look in the mirror and say, today, I'm going to beat this thing. I'm going to beat this problem. I'm going to beat what I'm going through. And this is what I'm going to do. When Carl Anthony Towns lost his mother to COVID, you could see the, 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 the mental and emotional effect it had on him. I remember an interview where he said, you know, when, he, when people ask how he's doing, he says, I just take it one day at a time. And that's what you have to do. Take it one day at a time. Oh, what's going on? How you doing, Dee? Good to see you. So um, I'm going to leave this article for you all to see real quick. Really thoughtful. Um, very inciting and I just have I just have to thank Alana Coates for that. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know if she'll see this video. I don't. But if she does, Lele, thank you. Thank you. So um, with that being said, <clears throat> that's going to conclude episode three. And. Y'all let me know y'all thoughts. Y'all let me know any topics you want me to discuss. Like I said, if you want to join, let me know. I'm always welcome to have guests, talk about sports, talk about life, things like that. But um, if you like the video, be sure to give it a thumbs up. Also, continue consider hitting that subscribe button, along with notification bells on. But... Um, with that being said, I'm out. Peace. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it.
before I forget, um, I forgot to let you guys know, uh, episode four will just be the NBA draft reaction because it's going to be 30, 30 picks and I'm not, it's just going, that's just going to be episode four. Actually, I take that back. That's going to be a bonus episode, episode three for bonus. So be on the lookout for that. Um, like I said, episode two, episode three, and the bonus, I hope to have on Spotify and Anchor, especially to this episode, episode two, by uh, tomorrow. Okay, let's see. We're going to have a, a, a special guest here. She says she wants to come. They want to come on and join. So let's give them the opportunity to join us. Oh, not now. About mental health. Oh, for sure. Um, that could possibly be a potential episode. Uh, that could be probably some. Uh, we'll 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 connect. Um, if you look on my channel, I have the um, the link to my email. I'll I'll send it to you. Um, I'll send it to you. Uh, my email so we can definitely we can definitely link up and discuss that so uh, again if you want to join the podcast let me just show you all real quick how to join that so so if you if you just put in my username which is one nathan snow here that's the youtube name you see this like video, you'll see it at the bottom. See this little clip it? You click that. And you go to about. Well, I can't see if it's logged in, but it's under about, and that's where you see it. But DD, I will send you my email. Okay. Let me write that down real quick. Okay, I got it. So I will send you an email, DD. But if anyone else wants to join, um, you can leave your email. In the description if you want to come on just talk about anything um again it's an open open door i i appreciate you thank you thank you i appreciate that so again like you know you guys want to come in chop up chop it up have a conversation i know where to find me um but unfortunately i did have to block somebody uh 
earlier in the comments. Uh, they said something that was very inappropriate. Uh, like I said, I don't have time for that. Like, again, I just don't, not dealing with that. You know, you, you can do that somewhere else, but you ain't doing it on this channel. This channel is all about, uh, I was in, thank you for the sub. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I was in the this live stream with chatting with Common Sense, Lucinda Baxter, and Dee Dee was in there too, where they were talking about spreading positivity and all those kind of things. Uh, Gwen Stefani. See what I'm talking about? Trolls. Um, but let me go ahead and end it. Uh, but again, like it's all about spreading positivity over here, like and just you know doing what I love to do, and that's just being a content creator and creating and, and just talking about sports, talking about life. That's what I like to do, and you know, if it wasn't for y'all support, and again, just to give me the motivation to create these YouTube videos. I, I don't know where I'd be today. So that's from the heart. I appreciate y'all. But with that being said, I'm out. Peace. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>